All right, be preaching tonight from Psalm 23. We'll continue our look at this trilogy of Psalms, trilogy of messianic Psalms pointing to the Lord Jesus Christ. Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in paths of righteousness for his namesake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of my enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil, my cup runneth over. Surely, goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Last week, we looked at the psalm of the cross in chapter 22. Tonight, we'll look at the psalm of the crook and see how the Lord Jesus Christ is our shepherd. Uh, The psalm takes us from the fields to the house. We start out um, out in the pasture land and we end up in the house of the Lord. And the shepherd cares for us and provides for us all the way through the journey. And he makes sure that we arrive safely home. Despite the trials that we face in this psalm, And the enemies that are present and the hardships we may endure, the shepherd leads us every step of the way and makes sure that we will arrive safely home. Charles Spurgeon said that this position of the psalm was worth noting um, because there are no green pastures and there are no still waters on the other side of the 22nd psalm. It's only after we read, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me, that we come to the Lord as my shepherd. And so we see the value of the shedding of the blood, the sword awakened against the shepherd before we are able to truly know the sweetness of the good shepherd's care. So we leave the psalm of the the cross and now we enjoy the psalm of the shepherd who provides for us. And that's the theme that we will see throughout this, that the shepherd provides in all kinds of different ways. That's what a shepherd does. He, he protects, he provides the sheep, sort of helpless on his own. But it is the shepherd uh, that provides for us. <clears throat> Christ is the shepherd of our soul. Throughout the New Testament, you see how the, Jesus himself and uh, other writers of the New Testament refer to our Lord as our shepherd. Here, Jehovah is our shepherd, but throughout the New Testament, Christ is our shepherd. And so I have several verses that we'll think of, first of all, that Christ is our shepherd. And he is the shepherd that provides for us. So in 1 Peter chapter 2, and verse 25 um, that is the first passage that we'll consider. 1 Peter 2, 25. 
Because we see that Christ is the shepherd of our souls. Peter wrote in 1 Peter 2.25, For ye were as sheep going astray, but now returned into the shepherd and bishop of your souls. So the psalm says, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. God is our shepherd. Peter says that we were like sheep who had gone astray. We were like sheep who were out wandering about and the shepherd goes and retrieves us. We have returned to the shepherd and bishop of our souls. Um, Christ cares for our soul. Christ cares for uh, for us and provides for us and, and he is our, our great shepherd. And if we think about the God describing himself as a shepherd, there's very there's a lot of uh, there's a blessing in just considering that. A shepherd is not a uh, is not a position for Kings, is it? It's not a position for the the high and mighty. You don't see um, people of this world who have lots of power and lots of influence going out and uh, being a shepherd on their part time. Um, shepherd, they're man of the field. They go out and are with the sheep and and feed the sheep and and smell like sheep and take care of them and, and all those types of things. And God himself compares himself to this lowly um, occupation. John Calvin says, as this lowly and homely manner of speaking, he who does not disdain to stoop so low for our sake must bear a strong affection towards us. It's therefore wonderful that when he invites us to himself with such gentleness and familiarity, we are not drawn or allured to him that we may rest safely in, in peace under his guardianship. Isn't that a wonderful thought that the Almighty God stoops so low in, in, in speaking to us that he, he tells us to regard him as our shepherd with gentleness and as a sheep knows his uh, shepherd's voice, we can come to him and, and rest safely under his protection and his provision. So, yeah, sometimes we can think of the sheep and, and you know how the sheep will get itself into trouble and, and all those types of things that the, the shepherd has to do to keep the sheep in line, but, but it's just a blessing to think that God would describe himself to us as a shepherd, that he would stoop so low for our sake that we could understand the blessed truth of how much he cares for his own and how much he loves his own and how much his care invites his people to come and rest in safety and peace under the love of our, our Savior. So 
the fact that God describes himself in such a way is a blessing that he is the shepherd of our souls and we can trust our souls to him. His description of himself enables us to do so. This psalm is it's kind of hard to preach on because not that there's not a lack of, of substance there, but it's so familiar that we all know it and, and love it and people love it for its beauty. They love it for its truth and because it speaks to God's people in such a, a very clear and plain way. But he is our shepherd and we can rejoice in that. Christ is the great shepherd in Hebrews chapter 13, verse number 20. Hebrews 13, 20. Now the God of peace that brought again from the dead our Lord Jesus Christ, that great shepherd of the sheep, through the blood of the everlasting covenant, make you perfect in every good work to do His will, working in you, that which is well-pleasing in the sight, through Jesus Christ, to whom be glory forever and amen. He is the shepherd of our souls. He is the great shepherd of the everlasting covenant. Jesus is great in power. He is great in majesty. He is great in dignity. He is great in honor. There is no shepherd like Jesus. There is no one who cares for your soul like Jesus. There is no one who is so great in honor and might and majesty as Jesus. He is the great shepherd. And through the great shepherd, we have peace with God. Throughout the psalm, there's different ways you know, at different times as we'll see, there's danger and there's um, enemies about. But we have, what we don't have in Psalm 23 is we don't have enmity with God. There may be a fear from lack of provision, but the shepherd will provide. There may be a fear of the enemies, but the shepherd will protect. There may be a fear of the dark valley, but the shepherd will lead us through. But there is no fear of, of enmity against God because we have peace with God. So we don't fear the judgment is what I mean. We have peace with God through our great shepherd. He provides us with that peace. The Lord is our shepherd. He shall not, we shall not want. We have all that we have need, uh, provided to us because we, he made peace for us with God. He provided salvation through his blood and the everlasting covenant. This covenant ordained before the world was created and everlasting till uh, you know there is no end. God will keep his promises. The great God has promised salvation and has provided salvation. And the only way we could lose this salvation is if God was unfaithful to keep his word. But the fact that it is the great shepherd who promised, the great shepherd who provides salvation according to this covenant, um, and not a covenant 
that we have to keep our end of the bargain know is a covenant of the Godhead. He provides peace for us through his blood. Christ is the great shepherd. Christ is the good shepherd in John chapter 10, verses 11 through 18. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd giveth his life for his sheep. But he that is a hireling and not the shepherd, whose own the sheep are not, seeth the wolf coming and leaveth the sheep and fleeth, and the wolf catcheth them and scattereth the sheep. The hireling fleeth because he is a hireling and careth not for the sheep. I am the good shepherd and know my sheep and am known of mine. And as the Father knoweth me, even so I know the Father, and I lay down my life for the sheep. Other sheep I have which are not of this fold, them also I must bring, and they shall hear my voice, and there shall be one fold and one shepherd. Therefore doth my Father love me, because I lay down my life, that I might take it again. No man taketh it from me, but I lay it down of myself. I have power to lay it down, and I have power to take it again. This commandment have I received of my Father. So here Jesus just straight out tells us he is the good shepherd. His sheep are out in the in the pasture and the the wolf comes. He's not like somebody that you pay to do a job that will do the job, but he's not going to put his life down on the line. He'll he'll get his paycheck, he'll feed the sheep, and he'll do what he will to protect them, but if it's between his life and the sheep's life, the hireling is going to leave. Jesus said, I'm not a hireling. I'm not here just because I have to be here. I'm here to save my sheep because I'm a good shepherd. And I love my sheep. And Jesus lays down his life for his sheep. He sacrifices himself for his sheep because he loves his people. And he calls his sheep. And he calls us into his fold. The good shepherd loves his people. He he sacrifices himself for his people. He seeks his people and he saves them. Jesus Christ is a good shepherd. He is not one that will abandon you. He's not one that will forsake you. He's he's not one that will only love you for what you can give him. There's nothing you can provide to God Almighty. What are you going to add to God? What can you give God that's not already his? So it's not a conditional love. No. The good shepherd knows his sheep. And he knows what we are and he knows what we've done and he knows um, what we're capable of. And that's why he lays down his life for us because else we would all perish. We have no hope. We have no works. We're, We're without hope and we'd be without God in this world. We are 
the sheep of the other fold, that he calls us in to that one fold. And he laid down his life of himself. No man took it from him. No man had the power to take it from him, but he, he voluntarily gave himself for his people that we might have everlasting life, and he took it up again. Now that is a good shepherd. One who would give himself for such unworthy people and do so willingly and lovingly. Which leads us to our next thought that he is a joyful shepherd. In Luke chapter 15, he, he saves joyfully. Luke chapter 15, Jesus tells a parable. Verse number 4. What man of you having a hundred sheep, if he lose one of them, does not leave the ninety-nine in the wilderness and go after that one which is lost until he find it? And when he hath found it, he layeth on his shoulders rejoicing. And when he cometh home, he calleth together his friends and neighbors, saying unto them, Rejoice with me, for I have found my sheep which was lost. I say unto you that likewise joy shall be in heaven over one sinner that repenteth, more than over ninety-nine just persons which need no repentance. So here we have a, a joyful shepherd. He said, now, who wouldn't, if they had a hundred sheep and lost one, would not leave the ninety-nine and go after the one which is lost? Somebody down in Clendenin has uh, lost a, a goat. That's a big, I've seen it, Crystal saw, that's the biggest goat I've ever seen in my life. But everybody in that area has been calling around asking who lost the goat because they're afraid somebody's going to hit it because it's, it's right there on the, on the road. But nobody will claim it. They don't know whose it is or where it came from. So there's a shepherd, that, uh, shepherd of goats, I guess, that uh, <laughs> lost a sheep lost one he, he wouldn't go out and find it he just apparently just gonna let it run wild but that's not what a good shepherd would do jesus says he has a lost sheep he's not going to say well maybe somebody will bring it to me or i got 99 of them that's enough no he goes after that which is lost until he finds it and then when he found it layeth on his shoulders rejoicing the shepherd loves his sheep. The shepherd loves his sheep. Jesus loves his people. I think that it's good for us to remember the love of God towards us, that he loves us. He loves his people. And he he went and brought the lost sheep back Joyfully rejoice for me. And there's joy in heaven over one sinner that repenteth. We shouldn't take a, a view of, of Jesus that he does not love his own and rejoice that rejoice in the salvation he provides for us. I don't know if I, I've seen a video um, 
where the sheep was stuck in a ditch. And uh, it was head first in this ditch. It was a narrow ditch, about a foot or so wide, and it was deep. And so all you can see is the back legs of that sheep sticking out. Well, the, the shepherd goes and grabs a hold of that sheep and pulls and pulls and pulls and pulls that sheep out of the ditch. And the sheep is happy and it's just prancing around and jumping around. And it goes and it's going to jump over across the ditch to the other side, jump straight up in the air and goes right back into the ditch again. <laughs> After all that time trying to pull the sheep out. And I showed Crystal and I said, that's, that's about how I feel. That's what kind of sheep I am. The Lord gets me out of the ditch and I'm on my way and I jump right back into it again. But I thank God he is a faithful sheep or shepherd. The world has never known such a one of love and mercy and compassion and courage as that of the Lord Jesus Christ. And for the joy that was set before him, endured the cross, despising the shame. And he did so for those whom he loved. Well, Christ is the chief shepherd who is coming back. In 1 Peter 5, verses 1 through 4. The elders which are among you I exhort, who am also an elder, and a witness of the sufferings of Christ, and a partaker of the glory that shall be revealed. Feed the flock of God which is among you, taking oversight thereof, but not by constraint, but willingly, not for filthy lucre, but of a ready mind, neither being lords over God's heritage, but being examples to the flock. And when the chief shepherd shall appear, you shall receive a crown of glory that fadeth not away. So a pastor is a shepherd. It's the same thing. And so Peter was telling the elders that were among in the churches to feed the flock. He said, you are to be a shepherd among the people, but not to be lords over God's heritage, not to be constrained, not for... Not to be a hireling. Because the chief shepherd shall appear. And when he does, there will be a crown of glory that fadeth not away. See, Jesus is the, he's the chief pastor. A pastor of a church is just a poor sinner. A shepherd trying to follow the Savior like everybody else. One sinner saved by grace, preaching to other sinners saved by grace, and employing those who are not saved to, to come unto the Lord Jesus Christ. But Jesus Christ is the, the chief shepherd. He's the perfect pastor. Jesus will never fail, even though I will. He'll never let you down, even though I do. He is the perfect pastor, the chief pastor. And you have a chief shepherd who's coming back. You have a chief shepherd who watches for your soul and cares for you. And so be thankful that you have a perfect shepherd who cares for you. So the Lord is our shepherd. Now, getting back to the, the psalm, 
The Lord is our shepherd. We shall not want. There's nothing that we lack. So he is a shepherd that provides rest for our souls. So Psalm 22, verses 2 through 3, he's a shepherd that provides rest for our souls. We shall not want. He makes us to lie down in green pastures. He leads us beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. So there is nothing that we lack. Our Lord provides us with everything needed for our salvation. We shall not want for anything. There is no, there's no hope in laboring and being heavy laden under the yoke of a work's righteousness. There's no hope, there's no rest for one that works for something he can never fulfill. We're not compared to oxen that the yoke is tied to us and in order for us to, to get our, our wage, we've got to work. That's how Paul referenced that passage from the Old Testament talking about uh, pastors, that you know, the oxen is worthy uh, to get his day supply. Right? The oxen worked. And so the oxen would work and you'd feed the oxen as a bit of a reward. But, but we're not the Lord's oxen. We're the Lord's sheep. That the shepherd provides for us. And he leads us. And he cares for us. And he gives us everything that we need. We shall not want for anything in our salvation. He provides our spiritual nourishment. He makes us lie down in the green pastures. He feeds us and then he leads us. He restores the soul. And so we're out in the field and we're not out hunting down our food, but he feeds us in the green pastures. He leads us not through the troubled stormy sea, but by the still waters. He restores the soul. He he gives us life. And then after that, He leads us in the paths of righteousness for His namesake. So He restores the soul, and then He leads us. It's not that He leads us, or it's not that He drives us. And then once we make it past the enemy, and once we make it past the valley of the shadow of death, then he restores our soul. But he provides for us to where we lack nothing. He restores the soul, and then he leads us in the paths of righteousness. Not for our namesake, but for his namesake, for his honor and for his glory. So our salvation is not dependent upon our works or our name or our righteousness. But by his great mercy, he provides, he restores, and he leads us through righteousness or the paths of righteousness. The shepherd provides rest for our soul. And so as we read this and meditate on it, know that that he has provided us what we needed and we can trust him for all the needs of the soul. The shepherd provides us passage through the valley. So starting in verse number four, it says, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. 
Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. So what is this dark valley? It's a fear of death, fear of the unknown, a despondency of the soul. A dark, dark place of sadness and, and hopelessness. So imagine a sheep being led by the shepherd to trek through a dangerous passageway. I, re- I read that sometimes in the wintertime, a shepherd would move the sheep to higher ground and they would save some feed for the harsh times. And so to get to that better feed, that the better water, they might have to go through a dangerous place to get there. No shortcut to the higher ground. And so he would, he would have to lead them through this dark and terrible place because beyond that is where there was rest, where there was provision. And so I'm sure the sheep didn't know what, they were, what, the, what was going on or where they were going. But the shepherd knew. And the shepherd had a reason to take the sheep through this dark valley. You know, sometimes on the mountain you can see forever. You can see where you've come and where you're going to go. You see everywhere around you. On the mountaintop, you can sort of see the context of your travels. But when you go down, down in the valley, in the dark valley, you might not be able to see very far ahead or very far behind. You don't know what's coming. You can't remember what's behind you. There's danger fraught throughout the valley. And the child of God doesn't escape it. All God's children will walk through the, the valley of the shadow of death and maybe some multiple times. But we do not fear. Because why? Because thou art with me. This passage is a passage of faith and of trust because we walk through the valley. We don't stay in the valley. We don't live in the valley. We walk through the valley. And who is our guide? Who is our protector? Well, it is none other than he who not only traversed the valley of the shadow of death, but traversed into death itself. And as he had the power to lay down his life, he had the power to to take it up again. And he came out the other side. Our shepherd is no stranger to this dark valley. He was a man of sorrows, acquainted with grief. And our shepherd is one who loves us and cares for us, and he's never lost a sheep. There's never been one of his own that he's lost in that dark valley. No matter what dangers or trials or darkness is in that, that terrible place, Jesus has never lost a soul. 
And so David says, I, I won't fear. There's nothing that can overtake us. And so this psalm encourages us to keep our eyes on Christ and he will never forsake us. We must, through much tribulation, enter into the kingdom of God. Though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. The shepherd provides passage through the valley of the shadow of death. The shepherd provides comfort to the disheartened. He said, thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. The rod and the staff is there for us to know that the shepherd's got it under control. He'll lead us. He'll protect us. He'll keep us on the right path. We wander astray, he'll get us back on the right path. He's not a blind guide. He's not one that's lost his way. But Shepherd knows he's led us there for a reason, and he'll see us through the other side. And we look to the rod, the crook, and the staff of the shepherd and say, He knows what he's doing. I trust him. I have faith in my shepherd. So he provides comfort to the disheartened. The shepherd provides calm courage. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of my enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil, my cup runneth over. We dine with the Lord among our enemies. And so as we have much to fear, David didn't say he didn't fear. He said he wouldn't fear. And so, though there might be a lot to fear, and we might be surrounded by the enemies of this world, you, you see how, how much people hate the Lord Jesus Christ in our day and time and hate his, his doctrine and they hate his ways. And we might be surrounded by the enemies of Christ. But the Lord will set up a table right in the middle of them and say, here, feast, I'll provide for you in the presence of his enemies. And you know what those enemies will do? They'll do nothing that our Lord won't allow. We have nothing to fear. The Lord is with us, and I will not fear what man can do unto me. And so, though the devil may tempt and, and try we have no reason to fear for the Lord is with us he is on our side we are anointed we are blessed our cup runs, runs over that, that's a blessing it's not that we have just enough the anointing there, the anointing of oil is a blessing. We're anointed with oil. It's not that we barely have enough. But we got so much, it's, it's spilling over the top. Our cup runs over with blessings. Paul said, unto him that is able to exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we ask or think. So if you take everything that we can ask or think, 
If he's able to do that, then he's able to go above that. Then he's able to go abundantly above that. And not just abundantly, but exceedingly abundant above all that we ask or think. That is how much we are blessed by our God. Come and sit in the presence of, of your enemies. There's no reason to fear. There's no reason to run. Christ has defeated our enemies. He is our Lord. He is our captain. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid of persecution of the wicked. Don't be afraid of what the economy might come. Don't be afraid of death itself. For we know uh, that the death has lost its sting. For we have victory in Christ. And so he winds it up by saying, Surely, goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. So the, sh- the shepherd provides the way home. So you can have assurance in all this stuff that I've said tonight. He, he didn't say, hopefully, goodness and mercy shall follow me. But surely goodness and mercy shall follow me. So every time I read that, I think of the, the song. And I'm not going to start singing it, but uh, you know the surely goodness and mercy. And so... I always wondered, when I was a kid, when I first heard that, I always wondered what surely goodness was. <laughs> I, I, didn't, I didn't know what that was talking about. But most certainly, without question, goodness and mercy is going to follow me all the days of my life. We can have assurance that this is true. We will have goodness that will follow. I will have goodness. And when you go back and read this through again, just notice the pronouns. It's all personal pronouns. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me. Goodness will follow me all the days of my life. It's easy to be pessimistic in a world full of sinners, in a world of this uh, cursed world, but goodness was going to follow me all the days of my life. It's easy to get discouraged with all the sinners and all the wrong in this world, but but without fail, mercy will follow me all the days of my life. I will not be forsaken by my God. In all my days, child of God, in all your days, you will have goodness and mercy. And your cup will run over. We could be without everything. We could lose everything in this life. Be like Job and sitting in a, in a pile of ashes. Had nothing. But he had the Lord. And we know in the blessings of the new covenant, we know much more than Job knew. And all these blessings we have in, in goodness and mercy, if we lose everything, we have the provision of our soul. And we will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Whether this be David talking about going to worship or David thinking about his long home. That that we will dwell with God forever. So this psalm has taken us from the field 
to where we were restored, where we were fed, and where we had rest. And it's taken us through the paths of righteousness. It's taken us through the valley of the dark valley, the shadow of death, through many dangers, through our enemies, until we arrive safely at home. And one of these days, our chief shepherd, maybe he'll come back, or maybe we'll go and leave this world like everyone else we've known. But either way, we're going to arrive safely home. And there we'll see our, our good shepherd, our great shepherd, the shepherd of our soul. And he will receive us with joy. We don't have to sneak into heaven with our hands in our pockets wondering if anybody's going to, maybe if we sneak in, nobody will know us. No, he will receive us with joy. For his sheep has come home. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. I pray that the Lord has blessed you tonight and that you would rest in the promises of God and know what Christ has done for you and rejoice in those many blessings.